Hello, I'm Hannah Jenna. And I'm Rachel Johnson, and welcome to Before and After, a body image podcast. We are here to discuss our ideas, perceptions, and beliefs about how we look and how we see others. We'll be looking at research and trends in the world of fitness and nutrition, as well as looking at our own biases related to body image and busting some persistent myths that abound in advertising and on social media. We hope to reach and captivate audiences of all ages and gender. So please help us out by subscribing and sharing. And if you like what you hear, we would very much appreciate you leaving us a review. Happy listening. Hello, everybody. This time we are coming at you live from a tent. Inside a tent we are. We are sitting <laughs> in a grand hut. Thank you, REI, for yes, inventing thank the you, grand REI. hut. You can sponsor our... Uh... Anytime. Our podcast. Um, so yes, we are camping for our annual Halloween onesie camping affair. Um, so me, Rachel, and Dory the Doodle are all gathered in a tent <laughs> recording this podcast um, because why not? Um, so if you hear Dory, no, get over here, <laughs> or random weird noises. Or me react to the, the, the bug that's up there right now that There's I'm... a bug in here? I think it's on the outside. Okay. I'm pretty as sure it's on the outside. As long as it stays on the outside. <laughs> So we have we have never yet recorded in a tent. Um, yeah, we've never done an outdoor podcast. I don't think an outdoor podcast is it's it's fun. The sun is shining. The Grand Hut is keeping us uh, covered uh, from and away from these bugs. And we will endeavor to bring you some more exciting and interesting, <laughs> useful content. So. Um, this episode, we were thinking about chatting a little, doing sort of a check-in. We mentioned a couple of weeks ago about this uh, mock bikini contest prep yes. that Physique I am doing. Comp. Physique comp. Um, and I am, I'm, I'm doing it. This is the end of week three. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to check in on that, and then we thought we'd get to talking about, uh, I mean, you're on a cut too. Yes, my cut's very different than yours, but... <laughs> talking about, like, how that makes me feel, um, thoughts about, you know, macro tracking and stuff now versus when I first did it, and then just generally talking a little bit about body composition and your genetics and, you know, the emotional side of tracking and all the rest of it. So that is what this episode is going to be all about. Um, how's your cut going? I, I feel like ultimately all that means is like, we're going to talk about Hannah being like hangry sometimes. And, uh, <laughs> um, my, my cut's going pretty well. I mean, I, mine is, mine is pretty, not very dramatic. Like, um, I'm doing a very, uh, kind of slow, uh, cut, which may last probably, yeah, probably certainly longer than your dramatic one. Um, but yeah, it's going all right. Technically speaking, I've only dropped, uh, from about, 2300 calories to about 2005 calories um over the past three weeks um so that's it doesn't seem like much when i say it that way but i do feel like i have felt the difference it's quite <laughs> a big a couple, drop yeah i mean it's it's yeah it's 10 percent ish a little more um at this point so yeah i mean it's good i i need this kind of a reminder to just be like slow and patient because my body changes very slowly um, but I did a check-in yesterday or the day before I did another in-body scan. Um, and it's, it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. I basically have maintained the exact same amount of muscle mass and lost a little bit of body fat, like about a pound of body fat. So it's doing it. Very cool. And, but do you notice any side effects in terms of your ability to work out or any other things? Or is it just like a little low level hunger? You know, it's a little low level hunger, like certainly, um, certain times of the day. I feel like I can't quite decide actually if my, if it's psychological, the effect on me in the gym. Mm -hmm. Cause like, I also have just, I'd say in the last six, seven weeks, really gotten back into doing CrossFit classes. Um, so, right. Like I think I'm in a period of adjustment with training anyway. And so I'm trying to pay attention to that. Like, is, is it, is it this little caloric deficit where the reason why I can't do yesterday's workout, which was particularly tough on me, or is it just because I'm getting used to doing CrossFit again and they're tough, those workouts. So I feel like I'm TBD on that. It is interesting. Like the, how much of it is 
a mental battle versus a genuine physical battle. Yeah. I mean, that's something that's like really... So I, I wasn't counting macros before, so I don't really know how many calories I was eating before. Probably somewhere in the region of like 2200-ish, maybe a little yeah. more, maybe a little less, depending on the day. Um, so week one, I dropped to 1900 calories overall um, with something like... It's pretty, it's like about a 40% protein, 35% carbs, and the rest in fat, like 25%. Does that make up the numbers? Uh, yes. 40, 35, 25? Yes. Um, so really low fat. Um, and then the second week was 1,800 calories. Same macro percentages, but obviously everything gets a little bit less. Last week was 1,700 calories. Starting Monday, it'll be down to 1,600 calories. Um, and I'm then hungry just the saying week those numbers. after will be 1,500 calories. And then the final week, I'll start, the protein and fat will stay the same. And I will start like adding in more carbs each day. So that I Is that to get the, the pump? muscles. Oh, that's to get the pump at the end. Because the muscles tend to go flat. Like when you're depleting your glycogen stores, you don't look great. You need to pump those suckers up. And then I think we're going to do sort of our mock show on like the Thursday yeah, or the Friday morning or whatever. November 18th, I think, is our plan for that. And yeah. then I'm going out for dinner on the Friday <laughs> night. And oh my goodness, I'm excited about that. It is so interesting, like that idea of like, the, yeah, the, all the work that you that people put into physique before the competition actually ends up making them physically look different, very different than what they look like on show day. Yeah. Like, I think that's, I've never experienced that, the, like, that that pump where you deplete, 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 and then eat a bunch of sugar, ultimately, or carbs, and just, like, puff back up. <laughs> like, I think that's... <laughs> so, it's this image weird, of puffing exactly, up. Exactly. It, it's a weird thing like, to picture. Someone's going to plug um, in some kind of foot pump to my yes, muscles. Yes, exactly. And, like, and they'll just go... <laughs> yeah. Oh, looking good. Well, I mean, well, that's a theory. We'll see. Um, so, yeah, it's been... So far, it's not been terrible. Yeah. How are you um, feeling in the gym? I think I'm being saved by the fact that right now we're lifting to submaximal loads. Oh, yeah, that's true. We're in a we're programming cycle. We're not currently but... in a one rep max testing phase or I'd be totally screwed. Um, I've been able to keep going. I mean, I did say, um, for the record, I said that this I was going to use this time as a kind of like almost like a little back off rest period right. for my body. Right. Try not to send it so hard because I probably wouldn't feel good. I don't know how well I'm succeeding at that. There's definitely been a couple of times where I've kind of been like, yeah, I, I would move, I would be moving faster right now. Yeah. But I still feel like my send is pretty strong. Um, I mean, I think that speaks to the mental game, right? That we've talked about a lot because I actually feel opposite when I'm in a deficit. I, I feel like I can still do one rep maxes. It's the it's the the grinding workouts, the ones that are in the tw uh, over fifteen minutes kind of where I just like I don't have it. You see that the the thing for me is like when you're in the kind of long workout and it's a lot a lot of it is aerobic, you can keep going forever. You can with that and like but you if know, you don't feel good and you don't want to, that's why I'm saying it's your mental game. It, it is. That makes it, that it becomes easily. like this kind of like we've done a couple of longer workouts recently. It becomes like this kind of challenge to me of just like beat yourself mm -hmm. sort of thing. Like I'm feeling yeah. weird. I'm feeling off. Suck it up, Buttercup. Let's go. Yeah. But the only like the only time I noticed like yesterday we're doing like sets of three touch and go power cleans up to a decent weight. Like again, sub maximal load. But being able to produce that like explosive power, I don't have. Yeah, that's true. Like, like I a just one don't rep that. max squat maybe feels better in a deficit than like a one rep max power clean. Or, so I did. Yeah. I currently weigh like around 136, 135 and a half, 136, depending on the day right now. So I was doing my power cleans like 131 yesterday, and it just felt way harder than it needed to. I was like, oh my god. Well, yeah, I mean, when I you're approaching your body oomph. weight, and that's coming down, yeah. Week one, I think, week one, it, I think it was hormones more than actual calories that was messing with me, but, like, Rachel's been adding in, so I've been doing, I do CrossFit five days a week, and then I've been doing, like, some kind of extra cardio, like, Z1 cardio, nothing too strenuous, but, like, generally anywhere from like 30 to 45 minutes ish of extra stuff about five times a week too 
So there was one 5K row. And that day in week one, I got like the full tunnel vision, just yeah. like spacing out big time. And I just, I refused to quit, but I was like, damn, this is week one. Yep. <laughs> but then it turns out it was just like hormones messing with me. And then week two felt pretty fine. This last week, it's been mostly fine. Like, obviously, I couldn't produce explosive power like I wanted to yesterday. And yesterday's workout was just particularly brutal, but I definitely felt like at one moment I was like, I'm going to pass out. But I refused to quit. So, didn't ultimately yeah. pass out, but definitely was pushing the limits of like what might be safe. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is, you know, we should, we should say this to our listeners too. Like this reminds me of that. I mean, this was one of our earlier podcasts, I think like the, you gotta want it. Yeah. Like this is not like being in a caloric deficit. It, it's not, like, it doesn't feel good very often, right? Like we're talking about things like tunnel vision and seeing stars during workouts. And it's, I mean, this, this speaks to like how uncomfortable and almost like unnatural these kind of things feel sometimes right like to achieve extreme results like and if you've seen physique competitions like I do consider that somewhat extreme right oh, yeah. I mean, you're moving in this very particular kind of uh, body change um, and yeah I mean you really have to have a clear goal and really want it because like none of this feels good it's so much better to do a maximal lift and feel awesome about oh it. yeah I'm so excited <laughs> to do that but I mean like I feel so outside of the gym well I've started to notice in the last week that I am getting lightheaded when I stand up yeah like almost Damn. routinely now like I stand up and I have to take a couple of seconds um I'm pretty much cold all day, every day. I mean, like I'm, I'm a cold person. That's nothing right. new. For the for our longtime listeners, they know that that's not actually that weird. It's not <laughs> weird, but like I am definitely colder. Like, in, you know, usually I'll be sitting at home in a sweatshirt when everybody else is like in shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. But like now I'm like wearing fluffy stuff, and but my hands are cold constantly. Yeah, yeah. Apart that's from true. like when I'm standing directly in the sun. Um, my hands are pretty cold. That makes sense. Cold hands, cold feet. Your extremities um, would get cold fast. You know, that's nothing That's nothing particularly new to me, so I can sit with it. It's not like, oh, shit, that's uncomfortable. Yeah. But you're right. Like, you, I am reaching a point where you, you literally, I say to myself, you got to want it. Yeah. Like, this is not comfortable. Like, we are camping this weekend. I know. <laughs> and usually, Halloween camping... I mean, like, I don't eat a ton of crap, but Halloween camping is a weekend where, you know, there's chips, and there's, like, probably yeah. treats, and there's, like, burgers and stuff like that. And and it's not about eating crap necessarily. It's about, like, maybe not thinking yeah, about it. This would be a weekend where normally we would just be, like, enjoying ourselves, not counting macros, not thinking about that, taking a break. So I kind of made a deal with myself for this weekend. Like, if you look in my cooler right now, I have, like, little... Ziploc bags with four or five ounces of chicken or shrimp and like got broccoli and peas and like things like that and I have no like oh, I have a couple of quote unquote treats that most people would be like that is not, <laughs> a, treat. not a treat that is not a well, treat well for us like a no cow bar feels like a treat so <laughs> so you know I but th- 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 I decided for this weekend that I'm going to stay on it with the food mm-hmm. um and then like some wine or like a beer or two I'm just gonna yeah. let that slide because yeah. like ultimately I am not actually stepping foot on a stage right this is also um, a, a, an experiment that yes it absolutely is not uh, some weird, you don't actually have to be judged in a physique competition in a few weeks it's, weird disciplinary yeah. experiment <laughs> so how do I mean so you more so than I certainly you've had times where you have been really strict and stuff like that like how does this feel compared to those times so this is interesting when I like generally people are either and most people I would say are pretty emotional about food there's like a lot of connections between like how you feel and how you eat and how food makes you feel there are not like of everybody I've worked with and other nutrition coaches I've spoken to there's not that many people who you give them a set of numbers and they just go to work right and there's like no like oh shit I let it slide you know I had a accidental cheat day or whatever like you know I have one client right now who is exactly like that you know you set the numbers and off they go and it's like wow wow okay 
it's just so matter of fact yeah now when i first got a coach and counted macros in 2017 i was pretty matter of fact about hitting the numbers but then a whole lot of crap came up in terms of like the obsessing over the numbers yeah that i was really surprised to experience like i didn't expect like eating disorder stuff to appear um so i was intrigued with this one too because like yeah this one like i'm doing something that is taking a lot of discipline and going back into like strict macro counting and like you know carrying a food scale around and not eating what other people might be eating um like this weekend for example but i've actually found that i have you know I have my set of numbers that I'm adjusting for myself. I don't have any accountability from a coach that I'm paying for to check in with. And it's not been a problem at all. There is no like emotional stuff coming up. I'm yeah. definitely, it's actually made me really happy that I've gotten myself to a place where I'm not obsessing over numbers like this weekend. Like I'm halfway through. I started out this process at 14.7% body fat. I'm now at 12.9% body fat Whew. and I don't mind if I'm over a little bit this weekend because I want yeah. to enjoy myself as you know as much as I possibly can um, so that's been that's a really cool thing that I've observed so far this time that it's really been quite easy to dive back into it and focus on it and but in a way that feels like not emotional it's not stressful yeah. it's i'm not like oh my that's, god i missed something by a gram i failed or anything like that great right i mean I, I feel like that's also in some ways the ideal right like if you want to change your body comp and you want to go through phases where you're getting more strict or less strict that's that's the dream right is to be able to do that without it being this crazy mental stress or emotional stress as well because i feel like in some ways i'm kind of like that client you described who is just like someone gives me numbers and i'm like cool done i will do those numbers um and that's part of you know learning over the last year and a bit like of just like really trusting the process right when someone does that it's like you know and in a way the more you trust the process the, the more that stress disappears for me i'm just like cool i'm just following directions like i'm pretty good at that i'm canadian we, we're really good at following <laughs> rules um so <laughs> that feels nice um but yeah i mean for someone like you that that sounds amazing right that it's not um it's not anything that's making you worry at all like that I mean, this is setting think, you down a different path cause... i think this is going to be so this is i mean technically i'm slightly past halfway now by like a day or two mm -hmm. um but it's like the halfway point so far it's been not too bad like 1700 calories a day is still a decent enough amount of food um yeah, not for someone who crossfits, but yes. I mean, <laughs> like you're you're surviving. You're, I'm surviving. You're okay. <laughs> um, but I feel like the next couple of weeks will be kind of like the testing grounds for yeah. all of that stuff. Like, what comes up? Like, I've definitely in the last week had like anything. You know, the first two weeks I was like, ah, I can do this. This is this is easy. It's only six weeks. Let's go. And then like the third week kind of like a workout where you do your first couple of rounds and you're like yeah, yeah. and then the middle rounds are the ones that are like i don't want to be here anymore there's been a day or two where i was just like why am i doing this like okay i'm proving the point it works i've lost two percent body fat yeah um, in like three weeks it's, it's happening yeah cool great i wasn't sure if it would now that i'm 41 years old i was like is this even going to work so i've questioned started to question it a little bit and i still feel pretty good about me but I have started to kind of look noticed I haven't acted on it but I've noticed this like looking at what like my husband eats there's a sort of a, a little piece of me that's just like why would you want to eat that like why are you eating so much of that like why did you just oh, eat a whole bag of chips like really you need to eat a that much rice i'm not saying anything i clearly just did on the podcast but i don't think he listens i think i'm good <laughs> i don't um, think either of of our partners listen to the podcast but, actually <laughs> one day he'll listen and be like what the hell are you saying but uh, like i've noticed that those thoughts but his mom does his mom yes listens. i've noticed that those <laughs> thoughts are creeping in and yeah. i don't know like whether that's because of how i you know my past yeah or whether it's just straight up 
jealousy. I was going to say, you're, about, you're hungry like, and you're like, I want to eat more rice. I, I want to eat that much rice right now. And I want to open up a bag of chips and just eat the yeah. whole thing and yeah. not care. Yeah. But I also know that I'm wired in a way that I don't. I could never eat a whole bag of chips and not care. Right. I would probably. I could eat the whole I mean, bag of chips, yeah. but then I'd probably be like, "Damn, but I'd care. why would yeah. I do that?" I mean, I, st- I I think about that. I struggle with that. Like we, I mean, we are, we d- happen to be people who, yes, even when we are taking time off or something, neither of us eat anywhere near like what the typical American diet would be. No. Right. Like the 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 standard statistical choices that people make with food. Like I haven't eaten like that in well over a decade or more. I think probably, Oh, well actually no, I, I became a pescatarian in 2001. So I think that alone means at least for 21 years, I've never, I'm not eating like a standard American diet, but, but it's true. Cause I struggle with like being judgy about that, I guess mm-hmm. with other people. Like, I see people just get fast food. Even if they only get it, like, once in, in a while, I'm just like, ooh, like, that's a choice you're making to, mm-hmm. like, eat really low-quality food that's full of salt and sugar and different things. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I do feel like in some ways I become a little self-righteous about, <laughs> about but that's just, you know, you get into healthy habits and it's hard not to see the unhealthy habits that are all around you. And like most of the time, you know, I, I think I found a pretty good balance outside of doing this experiment of like, most of the time I eat really good. Yeah. Like I get excited about eating broccoli. <laughs> I mean, I love broccoli too. I think that's okay. I don't but, know if that's weird. You can just love, broccoli. you know, I also <laughs> don't deny myself the occasional treat, but I don't want yeah. to eat crap because I know what feeling good yeah. feels like. Yeah. And I know what feeling crappy feels like. Right now, I still don't feel crappy. I feel hungry, but I don't feel like, you know, that just disgusting feeling when, when you, you just eat feel bad. shit. Yeah. And yeah. like, so that is more, like you said, it's like, I don't want to say judgy, probably is, but I, I do look at sometimes the choices that people make around me and I'm like, why would you want to do that? Yeah. Because it's not going to make you feel good. Yeah. And I just like, I'm so far down the path of like, I want to feel good and I want to eat stuff that is useful to me. Because I work out really hard, and right. I can't afford you to, to like, waste sustain that fuel. Like it's, I was trying to use an example the other day. Someone like you know, if you bought a Ferrari and you had your shiny new Ferrari, and you put like the cheapest gas in it, and you never drove it over thirty miles an hour, it's not gonna work that like a, a Ferrari should. Yeah, like if you you're just, not gonna get the experience of yeah. That car. If you eat crap and you don't move, well, you're never gonna know what it feels like to be an awesome human yeah because you're just limiting yourself all of the time so i think i mean yeah you talk about like you mentioned genetics earlier and like i i mean i also just i don't really know where it comes from like certain people like like cravings and like certain people saying like oh well i'm like a sweet person or i'm a savory person right like i'm i'm i'd say i'm very much a savory person so you said this morning like how you could eat like a whole pumpkin pie right now like i like pumpkin pie but like I'd be super happy with like a, a bite of a pumpkin pie right now. Like I do not, I just don't have a sweet tooth. We well, see this I used actually, to, and I'm like, is... where does that come from? Am I just lucky that I don't struggle with like a sugar addiction because I don't, I just don't crave it. This and I don't is know. an interesting thing too, is that I am traditionally a savory person. Right. Like my go-to, like if I was to be like, I'm going to indulge, I would want that delicious bag of chips or something right. savory. Like for me, indulging is like cheese. Like, so, totally not, like, <laughs> not, deeper, not a sugary snack. Like, the deeper I get into this experience, the, like, the less and less that I'm living off, the more and more I am craving something sweet. Interesting. Okay. And that makes sense, right? It's like when, when we change our body, like, there's there's hormonal reasons those things happen, but also, you're right, you're depriving your body of certain things, so it's responding with wanting <laughs> something. And I'm intrigued. Like, I don't know whether this will be long enough, Um because I'm only in it for like just shy of six weeks but like at some point and I feel like I'm definitely closing in on it like without like the input of some sugars and stuff I will crash and burn yeah and I will no longer yeah. feel good because like 
I'm pushing decently hard still at CrossFit. I'm putting in you are. the extra. Your mental like, game doesn't allow you to really row. take it that easy. So like, typically my additional cardio is like a 5K row or eight miles on the assault bike. Or the last two days I've done like 2K row, 2K skier, two miles on the bike. Or walking four miles with a weight vest on up a hill. Yeah. That's some big ass calorie burn and oh, my is. my is. last in body scan my resting metabolic rate is just over 1500 calories a day so when i add into that crossfit all workout that with work decent intensity additional cardio plus all the non-exercise activity thermogenesis plus the thermic effect of food you pro yeah you're right your maintenance with that kind of activity should be like 2500 probably so i'm, I'm <laughs> Yeah, it's like I would never. But the the other interesting part of doing this, like, this is so many people rely on like quick fixes. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm gonna do a four week thing or a six week thing, and that's gonna solve the world's problems. I'm only doing this because I'm very confident in my ability to get myself out of it in the right way. Right. And that this is not gonna lead to some like epic overeating episode. No, I go you're, from you're feeling not going to horrible I mean, you, yeah. <laughs> because I'm starving to feeling horrible because like I've now just filled my body full of crap and right. gained 10 pounds in the, the week following this. That's true. I well, will... Over breakfast when we were talking about like a celebratory dinner after this and you're like, I probably will get so full so quickly. It won't even be that like magnificent <laughs> of a dinner. It's it just going to be like. <laughs> the taste of everything will feel so like crazy. Yeah. I mean, I talk about the celebratory dinner and like all the rest of it. And absolutely for a couple of days, you know, it's. Yeah. I'm going to feel like I'm eating tons, but I just won't be able to eat yeah, probably that won't. much because yeah. it will feel so rich. Um, but uh, after that, I will be very mindful of like re-upping my calories in a in a decent way and yeah. not just going crazy batshit crazy afterwards yeah. with like, I'm just going to eat fast food until January and then I'll jump on another six-week thing. Like... <laughs> If I didn't feel confident that I was in a good headspace with all of this, yeah. it would have been a nice conversation talking about what would it be like to try and get ready for like a bikini show. Um, but I never, ever would have gone there. Yeah. I did it yeah. with reasonable confidence and with a lot of knowledge as a nutrition coach. And I'm also absolutely willing if in the next two weeks I feel like anything starts to turn a corner with right. like a negative mindset. You'll just call it. I will just call it because I'm not going to stand on stage yeah um equally like i think next week i will stick to my like 1600 calories a day if the following week i'm starting to feel like i'm gonna pass out and workouts or whatever i'll probably switch it to like two low days and a higher day right right change it up i Just, i have that in my cut right now if i have a high volume day each week so if i do some more activity um that's a day i get yeah, I think we add back in like a good like 60 grams of carbs or something. Yeah. So so if, if, if I need to do that, I'm going to do that. I'm not just going to like try and live off something which is pushing is me towards being sick yeah. or actually passing out. Like yeah. yesterday was the closest I've come to a pass out post-workout. <laughs> and then I had to run straight home to a meeting. So I didn't get to eat until an hour and a half oh, after the workout. That's rough. And a friend of mine who I worked out with, um, she texted me about a beautiful sushi from our favorite sushi <laughs> spot in the grocery store and I was like great I had five ounces of shrimp and half a cup of rice yeah <laughs> so which I mean if you had just rolled that up in in some some nori some seaweed you could have uh, felt own. like you were eating sushi <laughs> yeah that's true I apologize we ate sushi in front of you last night it's fine well. but here's the thing though like it was like packing food for camping this weekend I made it like I was chatting to my husband I was like I'm gonna just gonna take care of all of my stuff yep because I don't want this to be like an awkward thing for anybody else there's nothing worse than like if you're doing something that's quite extreme that that you kind of drag everyone else into it and make them feel bad like I don't want someone to cook me right. at dinner and then I dissect it and I'm picking it apart and I'm trying to be like oh, I don't know if I can eat this it's just so much easier like I have everything prepared I'm totally in control of it that means like there's no stress associated with it yeah. and that's like I also know that that is the kind of person I am I like preparation I yeah. like planning yeah I like 
like the whole macro canning thing to me it's kind of like a, a puzzle as a game i agree i mean it's i'm like sort of fun like, i'm the same it's like i I'm don't want to live so. doing it every single day for the rest of my life um and i feel like it's really important to be able to dip into it and step out of it and be totally cool with it yeah but for a, a period like this it's it's kind of fun it's fascinating like it's revealed and i was thinking about this too like it's revealed that i am very very bad at eating fat and yes you are there is <laughs> i can confirm that for everyone she's terrible at it <laughs> when she was telling you her percentages like 25 percent fat i am willing to bet most of the days of the last few weeks you have not hit that i was i will tell you honestly that in three weeks I have never once hit my fat goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so interesting. Like, yeah, and I was like, I don't... was questioning where that comes from, and like, a lot of it, like naturally, I don't eat a lot of fat. I don't eat any dairy. If I right. cook, you're, like, I don't the cook lactose with intolerance. A, you're not getting dairy. I don't cook with an abundance of. You don't oil eat a lot of red like meat that. or like meat fats. You no, don't... I eat very lean meat. Like, and I don't even know why that happened. I used to eat red meat. Yeah, two or three you, times a week. You love a good steak. Like. But I haven't, I just like, just. And you don't eat eggs a lot, right? I, don't, I go through phases with eggs. phases with eggs. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, eggs, yeah, I love eggs. And then I'll just be like, I really don't want to see another egg. Um, and so I've been in that, like, I just like, Dave keeps offering to cook me eggs in the morning. And I'm just like, I, I no. Yeah. Ew, don't want to eat them. Um, so that's another source of fat that's gone. We did go through a big phase, like in the last few months of eating salmon. Oh yeah, you said you so kind of much got salmon tired of that salmon. like honestly the thought of eating salmon is still yeah. just like Whoa. That's a really good That was another that's source a really of fat. good fat that you And lost. then yeah. like avocados I like but there were also like the kind of creamy richness of them. I used to be able to eat a lot of it and I just don't it doesn't feel good to me to eat that. So my fat intake has been terrible. I mean like my first week yeah. I was like, I realized the first couple of days that I think I made it to like 25 grams of fat That's in a day. That's bonkers. Like, that's And at the so end of the low. day, I was trying to spritz my broccoli with extra with olive oil. oil. <laughs> well, you, I know, right? I, yeah, I, I'm the opposite, right? Like, I, I mean, I, I have dabbled in, in keto-esque before and tried that for mainly hormonal reasons, right? Like doing experimentation around like my own hormones and what, what may, might work best for certain things going on with my body. But for me, like I, I'm now at 70 grams of fat. I, I don't, I tend to not, even in maintenance, it's not too much higher than like 80. Um, and maybe by the end of this cut, I'll be down to like 55. But like that's the lowest I will go is 60, maybe 55. Um, I found these before keto I really cookies. feel that. Yeah, keto cookies. That's how you're it's getting been your saving head. my. Ass. Well, and also the best no cow flavor, the chocolate peanut butter cup, has seven grams of fat, which is the most of any no cow bar, and so like you can eat that. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, and I was like, when I when I looked at those numbers, um, obviously, like when I'm eating out more, restaurant food. There's always, always going to be more oil. So you know, and that food, that adds up but, real yeah. fast. Yeah. But when I'm cooking my own kind of food. No wonder no one ever wants me to cook them dinner. Yeah, I mean, it's true. You don't really cook. You, like, you'll, like, air fry broccoli or microwave broccoli, and you don't need to put oil in it, right? So. And I always eat, like, lean turkey and whitefish or shrimp. Um, So, and I I was trying to think, like, where is this whole fat aversion coming from? And I remember, like, back when I had an eating disorder, it was in the time where, like, if you ate fat, you got fat. Low fat. Yeah, low low fat fat. diets were such a thing. And obviously everything was also high in sugar to try and keep the flavor but at the time nobody cared about sugar it wasn't like oh sugar's bad it's mm-hmm. like fat's bad so i guess somewhere buried deep in my psyche is this whole idea that you know fat is you fat. know fat fat's bad. You fat fat's yep. bad don't fat's eat bad. fat um and it's it's true i mean like i cannot eat visible fat like if there's fat in meat you cut it off i yeah. cut it off i cannot eat it um and so, and you, so did, in your brain, like, do you associate fat with flavor? No. Because I think that's the thing too, right? Like when I make eggs, I will use butter. Not a ton of butter, but I absolutely am like, I will use butter. It's always better than marjoram or margarine, any like, um, like shit oil stuff, right? Like real butter, I probably have half a tablespoon a day. That's not much at all, but it's there and it tastes good. 
And then I use, yeah, olive oil on certain things because of the flavor. Avocado oil when I, it doesn't really impart much flavor, but it's good for like high heat stuff. So like, I don't know, I would say on a given day, I eat butter, two different kinds of good oils in cooking, plus like a nut butter and like some seeds, like I'll, I'll chia seeds, hemp seeds, flax seeds or something. Like, I feel like I have like a diverse amount of fat mm -hmm. in, in a day, but a lot of it is associated with like making things taste good. So yeah, maybe, maybe you just don't have like your taste buds don't need much. <laughs> like, I don't. Yeah, I think my taste buds might have died. <laughs> my <laughs> All taste that buds plain get stimulated by like hot sauce. <laughs> That's true. You do love hot sauce. Oh, maybe, hot sauce is saving my ass. Maybe we should get you find you a hot sauce that has some like fat in it. Well, actually, that peri peri sauce that I've been eating from Trader Joe's. Oh. The reason I'm eating it is because it does have a little tiny bit of fat in it. Tiny, but. More so there you go. Tabasco. We need we need to get some oily hot sauces. Oh, don't don't describe it like that. Okay. Well, sorry. Um, <laughs> good avocado based hot sauces. But yeah, it's interesting. Like I don't, you know, most people kind of like. I remember back in the day when in England, where like duck fat chips or fries was, oh, like, was like the big yes. deal. That became a big and thing here too. Frying French fries in um, duck fat. You know, and like steak with lots of fat in it. It's delicious. But I just don't have that connection with like, ooh, there's gonna like, there's, there's fat and that's gonna make it delicious. Even though I know it does, there's just not that it does. There's no stimulation. Like if somebody says, oh, you know, it's yeah. crispy, crisped in this particular kind of fat. To me, there's no like excitement that goes off. Okay, in my head. so yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't associate flavor. I mean, I will say I will remember um, the meal that we ate together that I think probably would have been like the most butter you ever consumed was the gumbo fest oh, that yeah. our friends made, right? Yeah. Like we have some friends that are incredible. He's just an amazing like home chef. Um, and it was like, there was gumbo with like, wasn't there, there was a duck course as well, I think. There was many, um, many courses. But like that, like when you think back to that meal, is that like, oh yeah, that tasted, that was good shit. Because that was so much butter. <laughs> I mean, it's been, I guess like my, my poor taste buds have been deprived for, of all of these like rich oh. feasts. So maybe we need another gumbo fest? Is that what you're saying? But I mean, I was talking about <laughs> this with somebody the other day, like trade-offs, right? So there's, there's always trade-offs and like when you build if you get used to if you if, if all you ever want to do is eat stuff that provides like an insane amount of joy and like a celebratory dance mm, on your taste buds yes, and yes. just you know every meal is like a festival right great your your eating experience must be truly glorious yeah but you're not going to be living at the kind of like body fat percentage unless you have a metabolism to die for that Maybe. I yeah. feel happier, right? So that's my trade-off. Like most of what I eat is like lean meats, lean fish, vegetables. And so my taste buds have kind of adjusted accordingly. Right. There's very like hot sauce and some seasonings <laughs> is what lights my taste buds up. But I'm yeah. not used to like indulgent fat rich extravaganza. But I mean, I guess even without the fat rich extravaganza, there is a way to make chicken and vegetables taste different, right? Like there are herbs and spices yeah, and I mean, sauces that's how that I I used some different seasonings and I, I mean, maybe this is your British sauces. Right? I mean, British food doesn't isn't known for really being flavorful other than oily bait like fish and chips well or we like, eat a lot of curry right but the but that's influenced from another culture that's not like british right like that's not a, i guess yes the brits have adopted a lot of other cultures but foods, i guess i mean part but, of that's probably a mindset too of like i see for the most part like i said it's not an emotional thing for me to eat like yeah, food to yeah. me is fuel. It's like how, yeah. and occasionally, and like something I need to work on is like, how do I bring in more, like, like we'll focus more on like the celebration of eating, like the sharing of food, like the cultural experience of eating rather than just like, what does my body need so that I can get through my next right. workout as best as I right. can? <laughs> or like, what do I need to put in my body so that I can sit at sub 15% body fat, which is where I feel 
happy right now. Yeah. So, and I'm willing to take those trade-offs, right? Like, I'm totally willing to do that because I don't need that, like, complete joy from food. I need, I should remember to, yeah, to go there occasionally. Like, it's important that you, you don't forget that. Um, but, like, I feel like a lot of people I know who, who food is much more of an emotional thing, much more of a social thing, yeah, would struggle so hard living like I'm living right now. Oh, for sure. Because they wouldn't be, it'd be like losing a best friend. Yeah. Well, and that's why I think a lot of people who do, I mean, if, if we can call what you're doing, what we can liken it to these other like six week challenges or 30 day challenges, that is why it's so easy for folks to go back to all of the older habits with like gusto, right? So that's why people gain back all the weight they lose or something so quickly after these challenges. I mean, it is an interesting thing because like if you want to look a certain way over the long term, yeah, then you don't do six weeks of being hungry and then woof, done. Right, and then so absolutely you're done. Yeah. not. You've got yeah. there's so much more work to do beyond oh, yeah. food, yeah. and you know I I know that at the end of this, apart from a couple of days of like yay whatever, I will fall back into the habits that I developed prior to doing this, which keeps me where I want to be and yeah. well fueled and feeling good and aesthetically where I'm happy, um, but. If I was somebody who is very much like food is comfort, food is joy, food is like a shoulder to cry on kind yeah. of thing, then throwing yourself into something like I'm doing right now is probably going to have disastrous consequences on the back end of yeah. it. That's true. And as a coach, you would probably let one of your clients know that, right? Like, hey, if this is what you want to go into, let, there's all these other things we should talk about Oh, beforehand. I mean, like... For a lot of people, I simply would be like, if that's what you really want to do, then I don't know. Like, we'd have to have a lot of conversations about it. Right. Some people, I'd be like, and probably okay, really regular check-ins. But there's like, also yeah. this isn't just like six weeks. There's like a process for for some people to even get to the starting line, oh, and then yeah. there's a process on the back end of it to get out of it without doing something yeah. silly. I do love that. I really do appreciate that about good nutrition coaches is that like there is a whole process to like earning a cut, right? Like getting yourself ready to do a cut well. Like if you're going to go into a deficit, like have you been at maintenance? Are you sleeping well? Are you doing all the other things that will like help it work? And I mean, it's, it's true. I, I used to think it was crazy when I heard like people saying like, oh yeah, I've been working with a nutrition coach for like three, four years. I was like, really? Like, that's a long time. Like, I really thought it was one of the, like, I guess I thought in my mind that a nutrition coach was kind of like a six or eight week Flash challenge. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like something you like do with for a short time and you learn some things and then you're good to go. And now I am a year and a month or more into this. And it's like, oh yeah, like I can totally understand why this kind of like long patient process, like you, you might need a coach for years. Yeah. And like, you know, just because a good nutrition coach understands that there's so much more yeah. to a person's like superficial aesthetic goals than just right. food. And that slow changes and, are the way to make lasting changes. Yeah, and like your whole approach to food, like mine has constantly been evolving since, yeah. like, I mean, like, I made myself sick when I was 17 years old. Yeah. That's a long time ago. <laughs> I was just trying to do the math. I, was like, I know, oh, I was like, what's the math on 24 that years 24 ago. years, yep. And over the course of 24 years, there's been many ups and downs and round and rounds, and like, I'm in the best place I've ever been in terms of my personal relationship with food. But that's still going to evolve further. And that's still, you know, my the next thing I hope to learn over the next year is to try and eat as much as I possibly can while staying, like, aesthetically where I want to be. Yeah. Because I, I definitely have, like, a limiter. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll push it for a little while and then I'll be like, oh, too much. Back yeah. off. Um, but I also think the interesting thing about doing something like this and leaning out, leaning out, leaning out is what it reveals like 
genetically, right? So oh, we've spoken yeah. before yeah. about, you know, it's super right now having abs is is a is a thing. It's very popular. Like it's a marker of success and a lot of people want to have abs. And and yet like I will always say, you know, no matter how I could get down to 10% body fat, I probably won't in the next 3 weeks, but if I did, I would still have an ass because that's yeah, where my fat lives. It would lives. still be there. And, you know, genetically, there's not a lot I can do about it. So if my goal in life was to have a teeny tiny little butt, I would have to be sick probably most of my life. Right. You'd in probably order have to, to have, I would have to give up. Significantly below 10% to oh, yeah. get rid of all I'd that. I'd have to yeah. get below 10% body fat. I would definitely not be able to perform doing CrossFit in the way that I want to. Yeah. I would probably feel crappy most of the time. I would be freezing constantly and when i think about that in terms of a trade-off hell no i'll just have to deal with the ass i don't have to look at it other people do <laughs> and most people are like what are you talking about it's great to have yeah an ass. i was gonna say i was like actually it's the opposite <laughs> most people look at your ass and are like i would like an ass like so that. like genetically it's always a good thing to consider like yeah well what is my like foundational kind of body type like what what is you know a realistic expectation of myself where i can still do all the things I want to do and feel awesome doing it but be healthy yeah yeah because you know if you're say um if you're an ectomorph i.e skinny long lean skinny like you look like you probably could do well in a marathon yeah and your whole goal in life is to be a strong man it's gonna be real well, you, you know that's gonna be a massive uphill battle you're gonna have to eat yeah. so much food and the kind of muscle fibers you build, you're probably never going to get that huge, no matter how hard you try. Are you prepared to do that? Right. Will that, will that Equally, be pleasant? Equally, if you're an endomorph who, is, who would be a good candidate for a strong man or like a power lifter or something, and you decide that you really want to look like the skinny marathon runner, you're yeah. going to have to spend most of your life miserable yeah. and starving and possibly not getting there. Yeah. And... And why? And so I think that's another important thing. Like, if you do have a coach or just, you know, just doing the research on your own to be like, okay, so let's look at my genetics, right? So there's genetics and epigenetic factors. So even if genetically, for example, say most of your family is obese, so there is right. A, a, right. a gene expression that causes you to be more likely to be able to gain lots of weight, doesn't mean you have to be obese. Right. You are in charge of like epigen epigenetic factors. Like you are in control of like how much you eat, how often you eat, how much movement you you choose to do or not do. So like you have an element of control over certain things, but there are certain things that that's your blueprint. Yeah. yeah. And are you gonna fight yourself on that forevermore, or are you gonna go like, okay, cool. Well, let's we're striving to be lean. Let's find that point where I'm healthy, I'm happy, I'm nailing my performance, I'm energized, I can sleep yeah. well, I'm not super stressed out. What does that look like? Okay, yeah. how do we learn to love this? Because this is this is like where my superpowers are. Let's yeah. let's let's learn to love this and not try and fight it forevermore. And I think I mean that really is right. I think what are, we talked before about body positivity movements talked about how it's you know sometimes it's actually just about being body neutral like not judging your body or something um and i think yeah this this whole journey of nutrition coaching for me has been really interesting in that regard because it's true it's like my my body's like it kind of likes the way it is right mm -hmm. like that's why change takes a really long time and you know i'm trying to even though i'm still on some level trying to change my body it's with much more like curiosity and acceptance of the fact that like it's going to change really slowly or some things might never change. Like granted, I think it's, it's similar in that like people probably are like your ass is great. Like for me, it's like my, my boobs don't really go away. Like as I lose body fat, I mean, this is the dream, right? Like as I lose body fat, um, they've probably gotten a little bit smaller, but like that's like a genetic blessing in some way. Right. That like, yep. And, and that runs in, my family like that comes from my mom that um you know and so I'm like huh I was like cool so it seems like I can be a badass athlete I can have performance goals and stuff like that but those are probably not going to change that much so I 
will always have to write to you and be like, hey, what kind of, what's the workout? I need to know what sports bra to wear. Whereas um, ironically, so <laughs> me, the possessor of almost no boobs, the first place that I yeah, lost yeah. weight. So, so far I've lost just over two pounds of body fat. Yeah. Which doesn't sound like a lot, but. It I, is relative to your frame. I and only what you have that own sixteen pounds of body fat. Exactly. Now. <laughs> so that's a lot. That's a lot of your percentage there. So, but the first place yeah. that I lost this weight was from my top half. Yeah. Well, and I actually—that's what I expected with weight loss because what I had also heard, and again, this is like the things we pick up from just, you know, random places. Um, but I think it is true in experience and talking to other people that women tend to lose weight from the top down, right? Like the achieving of the thigh gap, we'll go back to that. The reason why it's so difficult is that, yeah, usually our thighs and our butt and our hips are like the last places we lose weight. And that does make sense from a evolutionary standpoint. Like we are, women are meant to bear children genetically like not that we all have to but you know physiologically that's a thing um so I actually thought I was like oh what if I just lose my boobs and then I'll be mad like if I don't lose some saggy sacks I would have some loose skin yeah but um but yeah I mean so I I think that was the expectation is like which is cool because in a way that means like I could get the like the sculpted arms that I'd like the toned look toned. of my arms. Toned. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. excited to see the vein pump. I don't. I'm like I'm right. slightly scared you, of my you veins. You totally. But... Yeah. You you get the vein pump. I've never really had the vein pump I'm, ever, so I don't know what that's like. I'm probably getting like too depleted to get a good pump right now, but like occasionally, like yesterday's workout afterwards. When you pump it back up. There was some veins sticking out everywhere. Yeah. But it's also revealed that I gain weight in quite an asymmetrical way. Oh, yeah. So, like, my right leg is my little stumpy short leg. And that one gains fat more so than my left side. But, so I've lost weight two places. My upper body, like, from, like, neck to the bottom of rib cage. Has <laughs> shed load. Neck to bottom of rib cage. And then my right leg has shed all of the additional weight that it had yeah. over the left leg. So the last in body scan. So now they're more symmetrical. I had exactly the same amount of body fat in oh, right and left legs and arms. Huh. Um, my left leg has not lost a lot of fat, but it doesn't really have a lot on there. Yeah. So my right leg is now matching it. And I've lost, but I've lost like most of my weight, just over a pound of weight, like one and a half pounds of weight maybe in my trunk and then like a half a pound of weight in my right leg yeah so my thin layer of fat is and that's why I'm so cold because most of my body fat now is literally stuck to my ass cheeks <laughs> so my ass so is that's warm. the only part that gets to be warm huh <laughs> I have I have less than a pound of fat in each arm and now I'm like right around two pounds of fat Wow. Well, just over two pounds of fat in each leg. And the rest of it is, there may be like a couple of pounds spread over the torso. The rest is in the ass. <laughs> well, there you have it. So, you know. Fat like, keeps us warm and happy. And my butt will always be cozy. But yep, the rest yep. of me is freezing. Although that didn't stop you from getting fabulous fluffy pants. and Oh, no. But it's, it's kind of hilarious, though, because like if you just looked at like took a picture of ass right now and didn't look at anything else on me you'd be like oh there's nothing like particularly lean about that and then when you look at the rest of me it's like oh i think that's a still little bit of you with your own body perception because your ass does look lean you you still look strong and you're not you're not like that weirdly disproportionate as you think you are but i know but that's why we all have our things we all have our have our things but it's funny, I'm definitely starting to feel, even though I'm not, but I'm starting to feel, like, skinny. Yeah? Oh, weird. I don't yeah. think I've ever had that feeling, so I don't know what that's like. <laughs> oh, that's actually not true. Sorry. I did have an occasion where I looked in the mirror and was like, oh, I'm skinny. It was after I was in the hospital for three weeks and lost 21 pounds in 21 days, and I was very much deathly ill. 
Yeah. That's the only time in my life where I was like, uh, I feel skinny, and it is really not a good thing. I mean, in terms of, like, actual scale weight, I'm way heavier right, than, than you were when you, yeah. I was when I was, like, actually skinny, but I'm starting to, like, feel. Yeah. In the gym, when it goes, get around weights, I start, I'm starting to feel, like, puny. Yeah. <laughs> but how's, I mean, how's, in, in the in-body scans, though, how's your actual lean muscle mass? Like, it's staying it's the maintaining, same. right? I yeah. lost so, I mean, anything. Because yeah. so I started out, like... One of, you know, I started, I did my macro calculations with the goal of maintaining yeah. muscle mass. Like, if I lost a tiny bit, fine, but I, my goal is to not lose my hard-earned muscle mass. So right. my protein intake yeah. for the first week was pretty high. Just keep that really So high, that by yeah. the time I get to my lowest calories, I will get down to around an average daily protein intake that I would usually eat. Yeah. I think, like, oh, I end smart. up on about 140 grams yeah. of protein. Just keep that muscle mass. Because I have no problems eating protein at all. That's easy. And it's really fascinating because most people have, most people when I start working with them have the exact opposite. Like yeah. eating protein is difficult for them. Like it was very hard from? in the beginning when I started with a nutrition coach as well. I, I think I started, I started pretty high, like 165 grams of protein, which was about a gram per pound of body weight. And I was like, how does anyone eat this much protein? And now I'm just like, it's super easy for me to go over my protein numbers if, I, if I'm if i not careful. Um, I'm now down to 153, and I have to, I'm dialing back my protein yeah. intake. I'm, I'm at like, 140. I want to eat, and I'm like, oh, no. And one, I'm, at, I'm at 140 now, and it's like, it's so easy for me to go over. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah you just get used to that, I guess. But So, six-week things... It's an interesting experiment. It is. It is. Uh, I'm very happy with, like, the mindset part of it. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to not being hungry. <laughs> but I'm also, you know, it's it's been in because I love to eat in the morning. And I'm eating a whole lot less in the morning. And I just keep, you know, reminding myself that my hunger is not an emergency. Some people's hunger is. Right. Yeah, yeah. hunger is not yeah. an emergency. And it's been interesting, like a lot of the times, the, the lo- a lot of the times that I notice the hunger is when I'm not super distracted by being busy. Yeah. If I have available mental capacity to be like, do, 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 then I'm like, oh, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Which also leads me to, you know, think that how much mindless eating occurs when you're just eating for the hell of it. Because yeah. you've got, you know, you're, you've got nothing else to do. So you just start to eat. And then actually, if you distract yourself. Suddenly you're not hungry anymore. Yeah, you're not actually hungry. And that's something really interesting that I'm hoping, like, once this is done, that I'll be a little bit more mindful of. Because I was definitely getting into, like, oh, I'm not that busy. I could just eat. (laughs) But I don't really need to just eat most of the time. Because it's not actually real hunger. It's just a boredom signal. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, if they could identify that, it would go a long way to help, like, weight issues and... Mm-hmm. in the world certainly out here in the you know in the u.s and you know just checking in with that like is this real is this hunger actually the kind of hunger that's going to lead to straight up hangry because yeah. i haven't really felt that hangry like a couple of times i've been like oh but i've never yet allowed myself to reach hanger because i've spaced right. the food out you, well yeah exactly you can and i'm also that. just like yeah this this i'm not yeah. i'm not starving if I don't eat in the next hour, I am literally not going to starve to death. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> not at all. So, yeah. All right. Would I advise anybody to do this if they have really specific goals to reach? Right. And if there's really a plan to get to. into it and a plan to get out of it, then give it a try. But there needs to be a plan on the front end and the back end. Yeah. Because just doing this, something like this, for six weeks, getting yourself all hungry, and then going counting down the days till you can sit on the till couch you can eat again, surrounded and, yeah, by exactly. pints of ice cream. That, that is not the. It's definitely not healthy. Yeah. So rest assured, I have a plan. I'm willing to pull the plug if need be. I'm hoping that I'm not actually going to pass out in a workout. <laughs> Let's yes. The next two weeks will be tough, but you know, my hunger is not an emergency. So for me. The most important part about the next two weeks is going to be managing my send at the gym. Right, right. And learning when I need to just dial it back a bit. Take the foot off the accelerator just a hair. <laughs> well, that's good. That's a good mental challenge for you because that, that is your, your head game. 
Because this is also meant to be a little like body break. So now I'm sending it while in a deficit. Right, which is the opposite (laughs) of a body break. Your body is probably like, what the hell? This isn't what we agreed to. (laughs) This was not the deal. But uh, yes, I'm, you know, trying to be as, as health aware as possible because it is not worth this little experiment making myself like actually sick. Yeah. Cool. Well, there we go. There we go. Episode 27, live from a tent with some bird sound effects and a doodle that was trying to make a bed for freedom. And she did not. She decided to sleep. Yeah, instead. I was going to so say, Dory she ended up napping that. instead. Um, and we started this pretty early in the morning. The sun is now up. It's warming up. It's and I'm def- wearing a onesie and a puffy jacket. Yeah, I was going to say, you might actually overheat. be getting warm now. That's I am impressive. experiencing warmth, which is glorious. It is. But uh, <laughs> it's about to turn the corner into uncomfortable. So, with that. <laughs> with that. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions about what I'm doing to myself right now or Rachel's more sensible cut, hit us up <laughs> in the DMs. Um... Coming up, we have hopefully a nice conversation with a cosmetic surgeon in the future. We're going to revisit a conversation with Rebecca Shingledecker after she takes part in the yep. World Games, which will be awesome. Um, and then probably bring you some stuff, tips, tricks on how to navigate the festive season. Oh, we've got the holidays coming without up. Without yep. going too overboard and wild. But thank you for listening. Feel free to share and we'll see you next time.